You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Steven Serta, joined as always by my guy Rocky Magania. Kramer Sansone in the background, keeping this thing moving. Um, we're going to keep things short and tight this evening on the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. As the Chiefs fall to the Denver Broncos, 24-9. Uh, they're 6-2 and two on the season ahead of a massive matchup against the Miami Dolphins in Germany next week. And you know, we've kind of been circling this game on the calendar and talking about it all year. And it really feels like the chiefs are kind of looking past the Denver Broncos today and looking ahead to that trip to Germany and this massive matchup against uh, two premier NFL teams. But Sunday was about as rough as it can get for the Kansas city chiefs, just an awful, awful performance against a bad Denver Broncos football team. And I know their win over the Broncos Rocky a couple of weeks ago, wasn't exactly impressive, but this is a team that you know. This is a team that you should be able to score on and to only muster nine points, to turn the football over like crazy. The offensive line was terrible today. Mahomes was under pressure the entire day and actually suffered a hand injury. He had to get his hand taped up at one point. The Chiefs suffered some other injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Like Just all around, it could not have gotten much worse today for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, my gosh. I thought Day of the Dead was on November 2nd, but the way the Chiefs offense looked today, it was it was today, Steven Serta. Um Sky Moore is not an NFL quality wide receiver. Like it's not his fault. He just is not an NFL wide receiver. And they need to stop putting him on the field. The Chiefs played like a team that was looking past the Broncos today. They put they played like a team that looked like they were gonna win their 17th straight game against the Broncos. It looked like a team that knew that they didn't have to play their best game in order to win, and they played horrible. The offense looked like garbage. This wasn't the defense's fault today. The offense played horrible. Like, and if you're going into this game, coming in the trade deadline, thinking the Chiefs have enough to make a run at the Super Bowl, I mean, you don't want to be like, sky is falling and being over an alarmist here, but they don't have enough. Like, here's the, cause here's the problem is in the past, the Chiefs had enough offense to overcome mistakes. Maybe not as many mistakes as today, because today was a like a bury-the-tape, mistake-riddled game from beginning to finish, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Like Mahomes was sick, but that's not why they lost today. Mahomes played bad. Like, even if Mahomes is healthy, he's just he played bad. The wide receivers played poorly. Like, like the, the offensive line didn't block. Like it was a it was a bad offensive game. And if you think the Chiefs have enough going into the trade deadline, they don't for the simple fact that they don't have enough offense to overcome mistakes like they have in years past. And in years past, they find ways to win games like this. Like they always have one game a year where they really play like garbage and they end up losing. Yeah. But 
in Colts years past, past they this win this game. Yeah, Colts game. I think this game was yeah, this weird. is worse. Like, they don't have enough this year. So, I, I was thinking about this as this game was unfolding, and I was like, man, they just don't have it today. Like, it, it never at any point in this contest seemed like the Chiefs were going to win this football game. Like, that's just how bad of a performance it was. They could not get anything going offensively. I already mentioned Mahomes taking hits, uh, taking way too many hits for, uh, from that offensive line, especially against uh, a Broncos pass rush that hasn't been anything that you need to worry about this season. But at the end of the day, they're still six and two. Uh, you're still easily going to win your division, in my mind. You're still easily uh, a contender out of the AFC, if not one of the top teams across the NFL. Like I'm not, I'm not reading into this thing saying like. Oh no, it's all unraveling for the Kansas City Chiefs. But this continues to highlight the issues that we've been talking about over the first seven weeks of the season. Now, today was the absolute worst that we have seen. And like you mentioned, they have these kinds of performances every single year. So I'm not going to read too much into this performance against a division rival that you just played two weeks ago. And, you know, and they're kind of incentivized to, to come out and give their best stuff because some of these guys might get traded by Tuesday's deadline. And, you know, they, they know about Patrick Mahomes being 12-0 and 0 and the, the Chiefs 16-game win streak against the Broncos and all that stuff. All of those things play a factor into this. But today was the first time this season where I was like, maybe I'm just lying to myself about this offense. Maybe... I really I'm so used to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid just making it work that I assume that they will. And maybe we are finally kind of seeing that if you shut down Travis Kelsey, no one else in the wide receiver room is reliable. And we saw that throughout the entire day today. And Kelsey still winds up having a decent game, but by his standards, not uh, something that we're used to from him. But that's a product of Denver being like, okay, we're just going to have guys on Kelsey all the time. We're going to try to shadow Kelsey all the time and make everybody else beat us, which is what every team should do against the Chiefs until they can figure out how to get some of these guys to step up. I know Rasheed Rice had a bad drop, and you know he comes away with a decent stat line, and it would have looked a lot better if he makes that catch because I think he could have picked up another 20 yards on that drop. But just generally... We're eight weeks into this thing, and I don't really feel any better about the Chiefs' offense. I thought that they could build off of last week's performance, but now I'm sitting here thinking, like, maybe the Chargers' defense is just really that bad, and maybe the Chiefs' offense is just kind of average, and they're going to have big games, and then when they go up against good teams, they're going to struggle sometimes, and the Denver Broncos certainly aren't a good team, but the Chiefs didn't bring their A game today, and uh, I'm not feeling great about this game against the Miami Dolphins next week. We're, we're not going to get into that tonight, but just you, you couldn't have played a worse football game today for, uh, for if you were the Kansas City Chiefs. No, and like the Chiefs, you could tell the Chiefs were trying not to put anything on tape ahead of the, the Miami game. Like the coaching staff thought that they could just come out and call a vanilla game and that the Chiefs were good enough to win the game because that's what they did two weeks ago and it was good enough and it was fine. But you were playing you were playing on the road this time. You're playing against a team that that was sick and tired of losing against you. And it was and you still should have won it. Like they just they just did not show up today. And you're right. Like like yeah, sure. There's some there's some bright signs from last week's game. Rashi Rice has some juice. Like he's a good player. Travis Kelsey is still a really good player. But guess what? Sky Moore's still not good enough. 
MVS, still not good enough. Justin Watson is still Justin Watson. Blake Bell is a backup, is a backup tight end. Isaiah Pacheco, not the best vision in the world, but runs really hard. And then Jerry McKinnon and Clyde Edwards Hilaire are themselves, but not enough. Like, like there's nothing about this offense that is scary aside from Patrick Mahomes doing something freaky every now and again. And then Travis Kelsey, you take Travis Kelsey away and then all you have to do is defend against the once out of every like eight or nine plays of Mahomes doing something amazing. Like, like roll the dice against that every single day of the week, because they're not going to be able to string enough amazing plays together back after back after back on a consistent basis against a really good team. Now I know that like, like I know I'm going to be proven wrong next week. I know that Andy Reid's going to roll out an awesome game plan, and the offense is going to look a lot better. And all of this is going to be for naught. But this game still counts. This still counts in the win loss column. Yeah, the Chiefs are still going to win the division. Yeah, at the end of the day, call me in week 17, and this game's not going to matter. I'm sure. Like, like that's wow. like, 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 like I'm sure that's the case. But today, this game mattered. And the Chiefs just decided not to show up at all. Like they, they gave the most subpar performance we've seen in a really long time. Yeah. And it's a long NFL season. Things are going to change dramatically from now until the end of the year. And, you know, the San Francisco 49ers a few weeks ago undefeated and looking dominant like the best team in football. All of a sudden they've dropped three games in a row. Like the NFL is weird. It's hard to win on a weekly basis. And we see things like this every single week. So I'm not worried that they lost to the Denver Broncos. I'm more worried about the fact that we're eight weeks into this thing. And we still have no idea who can consistently make plays on offense outside of Travis Kelsey. Like we still have like it it is Rasheed Rice, I guess, but He's a rookie who is still in a rotational role. His snaps have been increasing a little bit, but he's still in a rotational role. And you mentioned Sky Moore. It's he just doesn't have it, man. And and I hate to judge guys this early into their careers, but for a player who couldn't get on the field as a rookie, this year steps into a huge role in the offense and has done absolutely nothing with it. Rocky, we're almost halfway through the regular season. Sky Moore has not been productive at all for the Kansas City Chiefs offense. And today on fourth down, Mahomes takes a shot to the end zone and Sky actually beat Patrick Sertan. And I got annoyed on the broadcast because they were like, oh, Sertan with a great play. No, Sky just didn't make the play. Sertan was out of position. Like that ball, Mahomes put the ball in the perfect spot. Sky lost it because he can't track footballs and he just did not make the play. That should have been a touchdown for the Chiefs. And it's just happening on a weekly basis where we see him just out there not doing anything for the Chiefs offensively. And I don't know if this is like a, we got to get to the bye so we can kind of tweak things and revamp things for the back half of the season. But Sky Moore does not belong on the field as much as he has been on the field for the Kansas City Chiefs offensively. MVS, I'm tired of MVS. Like, I understand he came off of a big game. MVS should not be playing like 70% of the snaps on a weekly basis because he does one thing and he's not even very good at the one thing that he does. Like that last interception that Mahomes threw where he just lost it up and and just trying to keep anything alive and and just heaves a prayer down the field. 
I was like, oh, that's getting picked as soon as I saw it was MVS. MVS doesn't make contested catches, Rocky. <laughs> what Can you think of a time that Marquez Valdez-Scantling has ever gone up and gotten a football and won with a defender all over him? Like, that was an easy pick. He doesn't make those kinds of plays. You don't have anybody who is reliable outside of Rasheed Rice, and Rasheed Rice is a rookie who drops the football a lot. Like, the pass catchers through eight weeks are are not looking great, and they've got to get something figured out. They've got to get more consistency, and I still think that they can put things together offensively, that they can be more functional than we've seen them be for the most part through eight weeks. But at some point, we also have to acknowledge that this is probably just who they are this season. 100%. Like, like that's the whole thing is, is that they have, like, replacement level wide receivers they have an ascending player in rashi rice at wide receiver and aside from that every single other guy on this offense is either a jag or below like that's the honestly god truth like you could replace any guy aside from rashi rice in this wide receiver core with any other offense's number three or number four wide Rocky, receiver, I wasn't. And you would you wouldn't on, know the difference. I wasn't in on them trading at the deadline. I don't think they have the money for it. I I, I don't see it happening. But now I'm like, call up the Patriots and see what they want for Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne keeps yeah. making plays on a weekly basis. Kendrick Bourne can go win contested catches. Like Kendrick Bourne would add an element to the offense that they simply don't have. Like who's the most basic jag guy? Alex Erickson. Say Alex Erickson for for. For sake, like who, like, like who on this offense and this wide receiver core is better than Alex Erickson? Uh, maybe Rashi Rice. Like, that's what you got. You got Rashi Rice and a bunch of Alex Erickson quality players. That's not gonna win you a Super Bowl come Super Bowl time. And you have the best quarterback in the world who elevates the talent of all the other offensive players around him. And you have a Hall of Fame tight end in Travis Kelsey, and you got a really good backup tight end. And Blake Bell. But guess what? When you're down by two scores late in the fourth quarter and you got to move the ball down the field fast, you need wide receivers that can stretch the field and get open and get chunk gains. And we don't have it. Like Mahomes was holding on to the ball forever today because there's just nobody open downfield. Yeah. Like, and that's that's the most concerning thing is that that his that's been the most consistent part of the offense this season. Is him holding on to the football way too long because nobody's getting open downfield. Like that's been the most consistent thing you can point to that's wrong with the Chiefs offense. Guys aren't getting open and it's making Mahomes hold on to the ball too long. And today the offensive line wasn't good either. So he was under pressure and having to hold on to the ball way too long because there was nobody open downfield. And you know, and he took several hits today. Like that left hand injury, I mean, it's not his throwing hand, which is great, but you don't want your quarterback to get hurt ever. And, and like, especially not in a meaningless game against the Denver Broncos. Well, yeah. And how many times this year have you seen after Mahomes threw the ball that he's looking at the wide receiver saying, come back to the ball? Like, come back to the ball. It seems like at least three to four times every game he's getting on the wide receiver for not working back to the ball. Like these are not things that you yeah. learn MB, when MBS you're in the NFL. Today. These are, MBS these are basic things. Yeah. This is the basic football work back to the ball, get in front of the defender, get body positioning. Like, like, like every single playbook, like, like, like when you have like, like when they're running the play and they're practicing, they're talking through it, they literally will tell you where your body position should be. And if you're coming back to the ball, they say, make sure you get your inside shoulder in front of the wide receiver. I said in front of the defender. Like you, like, 
give your let the quarterback see your numbers, come back towards them, and give them a target to throw to. These guys are just sitting there waiting for the ball to come to them, and then throwing their hands up if if, if they get touched at all. Like it's it's horrible. Like 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 the re, like. And here's the thing: is like you don't want to like at some point you got to look at it and you say, okay. When we look at our position coaches, almost every single one of them is a, is an old, it's like an old war veteran of 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 a, of a position coaches, right? Except for Connor Embry, the wide receiver coach, is in his very first year as a position coach, and if the receivers are playing this bad and he had this green of a group of wide receivers to develop, was it a job that was too big for him? Is he out of his depth right now as a position coach? He was an offensive assistant previously. Did very well there. Got promoted to wide receiver coach this year, and what is he? And, and we're not seeing the fruits of it. So at some point, you got to ask: Do the Chiefs have the right guy in that role? Yeah, I mean, Andy's not particularly good at evaluating his own staff most of the time. So I don't think Connor Embry is going anywhere uh, after his first year with the Chief or with the Chiefs as their wide receiver coach. But yeah, it, it's just. It's a red flag. Obviously, I still think the Chiefs are Super Bowl contenders. I still think they're one of the best teams in all of football. But this was a huge letdown game. And the red flags that we've been talking about consistently over the first half of the season are still there, and they don't appear to be getting any better, which is concerning when you think about the fact that, yeah, you've got the Miami Dolphins and you have a bye week, but the back half of their schedule is the tough part of their schedule. So they've got to figure some things out here because – this kind of performance, obviously not going to get it done against a team like the Philadelphia Eagles or the Cincinnati Bengals or the Buffalo Bills. Like these top tier NFL teams and the Bills have been inconsistent. Bengals have been up and down. Like that's the way the, way the NFL goes. But the, it, the issue is, and Patrick Mahomes hasn't been special this season, but he's still been good. Like he's still been Patrick Mahomes. But I think that we're finally seeing that for the first time, it's just not all working around him the way that we're used to it working, and that's having a dramatic impact on the offense. Now, I'll remind you guys, uh, if you, we'll get into your comments uh, right at the end of the show, hashtag AP Rapid Reaction. Uh, after the commercial break, if you're listening to us on the podcast, make sure you stick around for all the post-game press conferences. I'd imagine they're not going to be very long this evening. They never are after a loss like this. Um, but uh, before we get out of here, Rocky, I do want to talk about the Chiefs defensively because – there's going to be, I, I think, some conversations this week uh, about the Chiefs defense and about the fact that, you know, they just gave up 24 points to the Denver Broncos. But, like, the defense played well again today. I was impressed with the defense. Yeah, they got called for a lot of penalties. Legereus Sneed had kind of a rough day. But overall, they sacked Russell Wilson multiple times. They were generating a lot of pressure. But the Chiefs kept turning the football over and putting the defense in bad situations, and they just simply couldn't overcome that today. Like This one is certainly not on the defense. I'm not going to put it on them. I still think that they are a top-five defense in the NFL, and I think that they played really well today, other than the fact that they kept getting penalties and the Chiefs' offense kept putting them in really bad positions. Yeah, LeJerry Sneed had a, had a rough day at the office. Um, honestly, aside from his kick block, so did Justin Reed. Um, the pass rush was awesome. Like George Karloftis and Charles Aminahue were complete game records. Mike Dana, he's gonna get a bag at the end of the season if he keeps playing this way. Like, like, like the like the front four did their job today, 
And you got to be really scared at this point with the linebackers being as banged up as they are. You know, Nick Bolton's already out. And then at one point you had Willie Gay and Drew Tranquil both off the field with injuries. Like, like if you're like if you got Leo Chanel and Cochran as your two <laughs> two healthy linebackers, that's right. Like, you're not feeling real real happy about that, especially in pass coverage. You know, um, like you're looking at running like nickel or dime as your base at that point, just to cover guys. Like I wouldn't be surprised they bring Brian Cook in as a linebacker if if, if, if these other guys can't go. You know, um, and so the pass rush was awesome today, though. Like hats off, Karloftis continues to show that he's developed into a legitimate NFL pass rusher. Charles Amenahue shows that he's worth the cash. Um, Chris Jones wasn't the another it's two oh. straight kind of quiet games for Chris I, Jones. But I think it's a product of offensive lines are just like we're just going to put two three guys on Chris Jones and try to contain him and see if the other guys can beat us and the other guys are winning still for the Chiefs defensive line, which is good. That's that's what you want to see when. When, when they're trying to shut down Chris Jones with two to three offensive linemen at a time. Yeah, which is fine. Like, I'll take that. I'll take that any day of the week. Um, this isn't on the defense. Like, like, like that's like, that's, that's the end of the day is that you'll say 24 points. But I mean, they had, they played on a lot of short fields today. I mean, McCole Hardman's fumble. You have MVS's fumble. You have, you have, you have all of Mahomes' interceptions and his, both of Mahomes' interceptions and his fumbles. I mean, what the Chiefs, the Chiefs had five turnovers today, right? I mean, come on. Like, like it, the fact that they only scored 24 points and the Chiefs had five turnovers, like, that's the problem right there. Like, like you have five turnovers in a game, like, like you got to clean it up. Like that's that like and, you're professional football players. I think, and this comes off of, I think after last week's performance, it was uh, the chiefs were ranked like top 10 DVOA and like offense, defense and special teams. And so you kind of, I, I kind of felt like this kind of performance was coming because they have one of these every year. And then once they start turning the football over early in the game, it was like, where's the special teams turnover? Where's the special teams turnover coming from? And then McCole whiffs that punt. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like there, there it is. That's like that, that is kind of predictable about the Chiefs. And that's also like there's gonna be a lot of people who were praising the move for McCole Hardman last week, who are probably gonna be really critical of it this week and say, see, that's just not enough. McCole can't be the only move that you make before the trade deadline. And like we know exactly what they were getting in McCole Hardman. That's the McCole Hardman experience. Like last week, Mahomes throws that interception where McCole made absolutely no effort to try to knock the ball away from the defender. Like this week, he whips on a punt. He's an explosive kick returner who's going to make plays that way for you this season, and that's why you went out and traded for him. But he's also an inconsistent player. That's who he's been his entire career. And I agree, like, I don't want that to be the only thing that they do before the trade deadline, but I don't think that they have the money to go make a significant move at the trade deadline. They'd have to move some cash around somehow. And I don't know enough about cap space. Maybe I have to talk to Jared or John, our cap experts here at Arrowhead pride to figure out how the chiefs could do something like that. But I tend to think that this is the team and they're just saying, we got to figure it out. We, we got to make this thing work. And you know, I'd rather that they lose this game to the Denver Broncos then lose next week's the Miami Dolphins. Like hopefully this kind of kicks them into gear and they get it together ahead of that big matchup next week. Cause ob cause obviously Tyree kill is going to be just unbearable if, if the Dolphins smoke the chiefs or something next week. But 
I would much rather they win that football game than win this one because at least I know there's no consequence to losing to the Denver Broncos. I know that what it would require for the Chiefs to lose to the Denver Broncos is them playing garbage. And they played like garbage today. Like they they were a terrible football team today, at least offensively and on special teams. And that's how you lose games like this. But I, again, I don't think there's a significant consequence to losing this game. I think losing to the Dolphins is much more consequential in the grand scheme of things next week. You're muted. Right? 100% agree. Uh, the Dolphins are the bigger game. Like, 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 like this game's not going to matter at the end of the season. The Chiefs are still going to run away with this division. The Broncos are going to lose a lot of games for this year. And, and then the Chargers aren't going to catch them. The Raiders aren't going to catch them. Like, that's just the simple fact of the matter. And people want to, like, listen, I don't think the Chiefs have enough at, on offense right now. I think they need to improve. But the other side of that is, you got to think if you're Brad Veach, you got to think long term with the Chiefs here. You have limited draft resources, and if you're going to trade for somebody, you're trading draft resources. Like the Chiefs are going to be Super Bowl contenders every single year they have Patrick Mahomes. They're not going to win the Super Bowl every single year. But do you really want to give up like significant draft resources to go out and get a guy like a Mike Evans or something like that that's going to be like a ten game rental? You know what I mean? I like, mean, I, like I give like, up. I give up the Chiefs' late first round pick for Mike Evans right now. I don't know, but that's the thing is because then you're what you're, you're you're giving up possible four to five years of control of a possible wide receiver that ends up being equally as good down the line, right? You know, like you like you have to think long game about this. Like you want to be able to make a move and, and be competitive this year and take your best shot at winning a Super Bowl this year without sacrificing your ability to build through the draft because with Mahomes' contract, you're going to have to build through the draft like the Chiefs have. You're going to have to continue to hit on draft picks, you know? And so it's, it's, I mean, it's a yin and yang there. Again, Chiefs fall 24 to nine to the Denver Broncos. They're still six and two on the season. They head to Germany to take on the Miami Dolphins next week, but just the ugliest possible game we could expect to see from this Kansas City Chiefs game. And it kind of felt like they were due for one of these. They've had some up and down performances this season. And we're just used to at least one of these kinds of games a year. I hope that they don't play like that next week against the Miami Dolphins because it could be a, a very rough morning in Germany. But uh, this is just the kind of game that that they had today and, and there's going to be a lot made of this game. Probably. I don't think we should read that much into it. I don't think that this highlights anything that we didn't already know about the chiefs other than they just didn't show up to play today. But uh, let's get some comments and observations before we get out of here. I'm, I'm done talking about the Denver Broncos. I'm very happy that I don't have to talk about them the rest of the season, Rocky, but as from Justin as crazy as this sounds, the chiefs chiefs receiver troubles are worse than we thought. No number one wide receiver in that room. Coverage sacks were plentiful. I mean, yeah, but that's what we've been talking about all season. And I really, really like Rasheed Rice. I think Rasheed Rice looks like he has a chance to really become a stud for the Chiefs offensively, but he's a rookie and they're bringing him along slow and he's got a really limited route tree right now. And he's got a really limited role where, you know, they're basically only putting him in as kind of like the slot wide receiver. I know he's been getting a few more snaps on the outside, but they're basically putting him in the slot and saying, we're just going to hit you over the middle on shorter to short to intermediate passes and we're going to let you use your explosiveness and your tackle breaking ability. And that's basically his entire role in the offense. We haven't seen it expanded yet. Maybe it does get expanded post the chiefs bye week, 
but this might just be what he is in the offense this season as a rookie. I don't know if it's going to get any bigger than it really has at this point. Yeah, I mean, this just reaffirms the fact that the Chiefs need an X and a Z receiver in the offseason. Like they have like like Rashi Rice is a good big slot. Like, like 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 he excels there. Don't try to make him an outside wide receiver. Keep him in the slot where he's playing well. But then you gotta get guys on the outside. And I wouldn't say that it's worse than we thought. It's it's as bad as we thought. Like, like it's 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 not good. This is the worst wide receiving core that Mahomes has had in Kansas City. And I'm talking about a wide receiving core that had Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson playing significant yeah. snaps. Like this is worse than Demarcus Robinson level wide receiver play. Like that that's sinking. That is horrible. And, you know, all that all that preseason hope around Justin Ross is gone now as he goes on the commissioner exemplist this week. Uh don't know if he's gonna be back with the Kansas City Chiefs this season or not, based on his legal situation and what's going on with him off the field. But that's already another body down in the wide receiver room and, and a wide receiver room that we were once hopeful. Uh, would develop and turn into something. It just kind of seems like that's probably not going to happen this season. Uh, from Alex, I just don't get why we go away from the run so quick. Pop is averaging five yards a carry, then they just stopped running him. I think that's the most frustrating part for me in both these matchups against the Denver Broncos, where you know you saw what the Miami Dolphins did to them, but it isn't just them. Like the Broncos' run defense has been legitimately bad all season, and. Neither game plan from Andy Reid was like, maybe we should run the football more. Maybe we should lean into the run. And I, I would love to ask Andy, and maybe I'll, I'll ask uh, Pete Sweeney, uh, uh, the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead, probably to ask this to Andy Reid this week. But like, what goes into the game plan in deciding like whether or not we're going to be run heavy or pass heavy? Because I know traditionally they want to be pass heavy. But like they ran the football a lot against the Jets and they haven't really done it against anybody else. Like, And it's really frustrating because I don't I, I'm kind of like you, Rocky. Like I, I like Isaiah Pacheco. I love the energy that he brings and he can rip off these big chunk gains and he runs really, really hard. But I don't look at Isaiah Pacheco and say he's like an elite runner of the football who needs 20 touches a game. But in favorable matchups, you should lean into it a little bit and give him some opportunities. And the Chiefs just didn't even try today. Yeah. And I mean. The Chiefs were playing from behind. I think that's what happened today. Is that the Chiefs were playing from behind the entire game? Like they dug themselves in an early hole, and yeah, it wasn't a super deep hole until the fourth quarter. But they were trying to play out of it the entire the entire day, and so they were trying to pass their way out of it. They're trying to lean on their best player, and they should have gone more balanced. I mean, like Isaiah Pacheco, he's he's actually he's not a superstar, but against this matchup, he was being productive, and I think that Andy, I think a little bit to his detriment when he's playing from behind leans on what he's comfortable with, which is the passing game. Like he's more comfortable as a passer than, than a, as a, a calling pass plays than, than running plays, which is why it was so impressive last year in the Super Bowl that the Chiefs came from behind via the run game, you know, in the second half of the Super Bowl. Um, I just think that that's Andy's default. And sometimes he needs to take a deep breath, take a step back and say, you know what? Let's just pound the rock here, try to regain control of the offense, return it over too much, and let's try to get some momentum and hit them in the mouth and draw their draw their secondary up against the line a little bit so that maybe we can get some passes over the top, you know, and and free Kelsey up a little bit, you know? I mean, you've got Kelsey getting bracketed all day. 
and you have people playing your wide receiver soft and they can't get open, well, run the ball up the middle a couple of times and make them play honest, you know? And so, I don't know. He just – he that's how Andy calls the game, though, sometimes. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think the Chiefs win by throwing the ball. Like, obviously, you win by the ball being in Patrick Mahomes' hands and, and him having an opportunity to make big plays offensively. Um but yeah, sometimes I, I just want the Chiefs, especially with the way this offensive line is constructed. Like, I, I think I would really enjoy occasionally if they just do what the Eagles do and they're like, yeah, things aren't clicking right now for us in the passing game. We're just going to run it down your throat until you can stop it, until you prove you can stop it. And then we're going to use that to set up some deep shots down the field to AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. And the Chiefs just don't do that. And, and I feel like it could really benefit them offensively to lean into that uh, here and there. But rough day. Um, you know, it's not the end of the world. Chiefs still very, very good football team. Still 6-2. and two, uh, Still at the top of the AFC West. And still one of the absolute best teams in the entire NFL. They just didn't have it on Sunday against the Denver Broncos. It happens sometimes. But... Just kind of one of those frustrating performances that I think we're all kind of used to from this Kansas City Chiefs team early in the season now. But he's Rocky Magana. You can follow him on Twitter at Rocky Magana. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. Uh, you can follow Kramer at Kramer Talks. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we are doing right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network and stay locked into arrowheadpride.com for all the latest on the Kansas City Chiefs. I will be back uh, first thing tomorrow morning with a fresh edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report with Pete Sweeney. We'll talk to you guys then. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. Again, the Kansas City Chiefs fall 24-9 to the Denver Broncos. After the game, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, and safety Justin Reed. We'll go in that order, starting with the Chiefs head coach. Well, oh, there was something off. No. No, there wasn't. You know. But, you know, you... You miss off an inch in this league, and it's a mile, so it just uh, kills you. So you can't, you can't be off, not like this. And on the on McCall's play, would you prefer he's just not dealing that ball at the five or inside the five, or is, is, that, I mean, is that where it starts? Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, it's not just McCall. I mean, it's we all have a piece of this thing, so you know, 
Coach, are you uh, one for eight in the red zone against Denver this season? Would you finger on anything specifically that y'all didn't do or they did better than well, they, yeah, they did better. We, we didn't execute the way we need to. I got to go back and look at the things that I called. You know, not very good. So, um. How strange is this when you consider that you've won 15 straight, 10 on the road against the AFC performance and to see this performance? It's yeah. just a weird... Uh, yeah, I mean, things happen. you, you got to work it out and take it to heart and learn from it and move on. So it just seemed like the defense wasn't lined up in correct position a few times. Was that missing uh, Nick Bowden or was that something else? No. I, I, it, listen, he's a good player, so yeah. I mean, however I answer that doesn't come out right, but I, I would say that wasn't the problem. Coach, the Denver's defense, they finally can catch you with complicated things that are all for you guys offensively. Uh, it was basically the same stuff they've shown. You know? They did a nice job, though. You know, they, did, they did a better job than we did. Anything else? Pat, Patrick's hand, too, just on the telecast, but yeah, he, yeah, he scratched that thing up pretty good. So I get that. Okay, good. Thank you. Patrick, you get us through the process when you started feeling bad, how bad it was out there, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I just started feeling bad last night, um, but but I bounced back pretty well in the morning. So just kind of just trying to do whatever I can to, to go out there and play my best football. Yeah. Yeah, it was, wasn't good enough. Um, obviously, the turnovers, but just in the execution in general. Um, I mean, they did a, they did a good job against against us with their defense, but we got to execute at a high enough level, and we, we clearly haven't done it in the two games we played against them. Yeah, I don't know exactly. From what it looks like, Larry got stepped on. Uh, I didn't notice it until I started walking to the sideline after the, the fourth down play. Patrick, you said you were feeling bad. Can you explain? Was it stomach stuff? Or was it, you know, what was it? Yeah, just just stomach stuff, you know. Um, it is what it is. Patrick, the one play, I, I think you end up hitting, running into Donovan as you guys were scrambling around. If you go through that play, and in, in some ways, it speaks a little bit how things went today. Yeah, I mean, you're just trying to make something happen. Um, obviously, we weren't in the right, uh, the right situation as far as the, the score and then the down and distance. Um, just trying to make make something happen back there. Obviously, you got caught <clears throat> got caught turning too many times. I mean, their offensive line is trying to do whatever they can to give me time. And so, um, just obviously, you just got to try to find a way to maneuver myself out of the pocket to, to get a throw down field. Can you just explain just the red zone troubles you've had yeah, I mean, we weren't down there too much today. So, but the two times I think that we were just got a couple, couple third downs that were manageable and just didn't execute. Um, that's what, that's what kind of was the, the theory of the entire day and the, the last time we played them. Played pretty much the same they did last week. Last time they played us, so uh, they worked once and they, they ran it again and it obviously worked again. Yeah, it was similar. Similar zone type coverages. Um, they did a good job of not letting them have the easy ones, I guess, at the line of scrimmage. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, you just got to execute at a higher level. I got to be better, and the offense has to be better. What do you tell young guys like she and obviously Scott? They had a couple drops in the second half. What do you tell them to sort of get them right? Yeah, I mean, I, they're gonna they're gonna know that I'm gonna keep firing it to them. That's just who I am. I'm gonna keep firing it to the open guy, letting them make plays, and I trust those guys. It's just. 
we got to continue to get better and better because as the season goes on, we continue to play good teams, even better teams probably um, as the season ends. Um, some of our main, I guess, rivals, you guess you would say, and so uh, we got to be better because those little, little things, not just drops, but just little things add up. Um, the Broncos did a great job of making us be patient, um, and, and like like I said, they, they had a great game plan and executed it, and uh, we didn't execute and score any points. Other than Arrowhead, this is where you talk about this. Just, did you take time to reflect on how successful you've been here before and just how different it was to see obviously the Broncos reaction and some of the fans as well? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's the, the worst I felt walking out of that stadium. So, uh, the, I mean, it's a great environment. I actually have a lot of fun playing here. Um, the fans are awesome. Um, they enjoy the game. They know the game. Um, but uh, it just kind of is what it is. They beat us. They were the better football team today. Um, and I give them their props. No, talking about that, this is the first time. Sorry, this is the first time where you've lost in a road a road game in the AFC West. I mean, you talk about coming out of the field. Is, that, is this a new feeling altogether for you? Yeah, I mean, it kind of like I said, it kind of is what it is. I mean, it's probably going to happen at some point. Um, but. We try to do whatever we can to bounce back. That's all you can do. Um, you got to learn from the mistakes that you made this game. Um, try to be better um, going into Germany this next week. Um, and uh, try to get the momentum back in our favor. Uh, obviously, uh, today wasn't our day, but we can continue to get better and better. A couple more. I bet you. You've heard what our focus is, but what's your focus going to be for the next couple of days? Yeah, you go back and watch the tape. Um, Knowing, knowing that uh, teams are going to replicate it and they're going to do their different versions of it and try to find answers for that. Um, that That's the biggest thing. I mean, obviously, they've seen two out of the last three weeks the Broncos be able to kind of stifle our offense, if that's the right word, and really just kind of get after us as far as making us execute all the way down the field. Um, and so I'm sure other teams in the league are going to watch that, and we have to have, we have to prove that we have answers for that, and uh, that will be something that I'll go back to the, the film and really uh, try to pay attention to. Steve, Patrick, you guys are out of sync today. It seemed like it is for that Yeah, we just didn't play good enough. There wasn't enough energy for the offense. Um, we didn't hit our shots when they were there, and then and then when they were there, we didn't execute it there. So uh, it was just a bad day for us. Um, I, all I got to all props to them, and they played their tail off, and they deserved to win today. How do you make sure that this isn't like a domino effect? We'll keep on. It won't be. All right, thank you. Um, it's a hard-fought game, man. Uh, I want to give credit to them because they had a good game plan for us coming in. Um, those guys fought hard, and I've been on that side of the football before on a team that's going through what they're going through, and I know what these divisional games mean. And you know, they came in and they fought hard. They had a good plan for us, and um, they made the plays when they needed to make them. And you know, we fell short on our. As one of the leaders of the defense, what do you tell your teammate in the Jarius when he's? We don't try and change too much. I mean, that's his game. Um, if they start calling it, you got to just try and play maybe a little bit differently. Um, but you don't want to change your style of play too much to where you're not the guy that you, know, you don't feel confident out there. Um, like I said, man, this is a team. We know each other's personnel extremely well. And they came in with something to prove after um, how the first game went, and they came out and did it. So, you know, it was a good, good job by them. Just take us through, first of all, the block field goal and your, t- your timing with that. Yeah, uh, so we come out of half, um, still 14-9 at this point, and they get in field goal range. I felt like we just needed a spark. You know, I just wanted to try and create a spark to um, um, be able to get some momentum going so we can go out and um, try and change the tide of the game. Um, earlier, the first um, extra point that they kicked, I actually didn't rush because I just um, paid attention to their snapper and what their, their snap count looked like. 
and then I was just going to save that in my back pocket for a big time of the game to come out and use it, and um, was able to take advantage of that, jump the snap, and uh, get a block. Yeah, um, well, there's just a lot of things to build off of. You know, there's things that, you know, I'm so proud of as a defense that we did and the effort and the fight that we showed, the grit. Um, but there's still a bunch of ways for us to get better just across across all three phases. And, you know, so it's, um, it's a good reality check for us. Um, the reason that you play the games in the NFL is because there's no guaranteed wins, especially when it comes to the division. Um, and we know that you know every game is going to be a tooth and nail game, so we're just going to have to come out with a better game plan um, and a better mentality as players um, to make sure we go out and execute the game plan that the coaches put together for us. We asked Patrick this a little bit ago about the Broncos' defense and how close the last game was. Do you feel like the Broncos was better executed what they tried to do last time, or did you feel like there were more wrinkles with this particular Um Definitely some different looks. They, I mean, they they stood true to who they were, but they just put some wrinkles in it to make it maybe have a different flavor. I thought that they ran the ball really well on offense. And I think that that was the biggest key to um, them having their success. So um, we're going to really need to tighten up the run game on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I mean, it wasn't like guys had the wrong attitude, but um, you just got to go out there and just be aggressive, man. Like when the opportunity's there to make plays, you just got to go out and make them. And, um, you know, it's okay that, that you come out and maybe get on your heels in the beginning, but you got to be able to shake back from that and um, overcome adversity and uh, not fold. And I found a lot of ways that we didn't fold, um, but still, nonetheless, I think that we can come out stronger than we did. Justin, it like a, <clears throat> there were a few times you guys weren't lined up in the right spot. What did you see from the backers? Um, yeah, they just um, they, they, they get to some game plan notes from the Chargers game and use a little bit of tempo. Russ was using tempo to get to the line of scrimmage real quick to make us um, show what type of defense we were in. And then from there, he was making checks at the line um, put themselves in the right place. So that's a good job by them. We're just going to have to change up the change up the looks better and be able to hold the skies better um, so that teams won't be able to ID what we're trying to do and be able to check into the right part. Were you surprised y'all didn't overcome that adversity you spoke of given you've done it in prior games this season? Well, I mean, shoot, man. We, we have 15 at quarterback. You have Andy Reid as a head coach. And, you know, the players we have on this team, I never feel like we're out of a game. You know, I don't, I don't care what the odds are. I don't care what the score is. Um, it never feels like we're out of the game. We just got to you know, bow up on defense, get the ball back in 15 hands, and, you know, most of the time he's going to make magic happen, but, you know, he's human too. All right. Thank you. Justin, you got, uh, you got Miami coming up, obviously, this game, kind of number one seed between the top two teams. How do you bounce back from this game, one of the next week's games? Yeah, we, um, we take this one on the chin and get better from it. You know, we don't soak on it too long. We want to watch the film, get better from it, and prepare for a very talented Miami game because this will be a very big game and um, see you come to the postseason. Thank you. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.